edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who coined the phrase, we want Cody, don't fact check that, on Twitter, well, X, I guess it's called, Mr. Bochism. Bo, how are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm doing really well. I've got uh, I've got adrenaline in my soul, and uh, every thought is out of control. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this thing. How are you doing tonight? Not too bad. Is is the crowd here about to explode? I think it's waiting for you to start the show. Oh, ooh, right, right. Huh. Well, this has been Forks Down. We're, we're getting out of here now. <laughs> oh, Bo. Someone's not going to make sense of our wrestling references here sometime. And they're just going to hit up our message board or our Facebook or our, you know, Instagram and just be like, why are you guys so stupid? Oh, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure there's people just skip right ahead to like three minutes. Cause they like three to four minutes. I'm sure of that hundred percent. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't blame you guys. If you do that, I don't blame you. Before we get into everything, thank you for coming back and taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. Obviously, that's for returning listeners. If you're a new listener, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down. Hopefully, you were your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, you know, go back to the returning listeners for a second. Um, we had a big week last week, almost 100 listens just on one episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, for taking time and listening with us, um, downloading us, stuff like that. Um, it's just always cool to see our numbers go up. Um, Bo, I, I think I mentioned this to you last week and we did it. We're over 5,000 listens on the podcast. So congratulations to the Forkstown podcast for hitting that. Um, only, only onwards and upwards from here, I hope. So um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram by searching Forkstown podcast. Um, oh, and on threads. You know, I always forget about threads, but threads is like the, the bee's knees. So go check it out. If you have it, um, you can also hit like, and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, you can rate us one to five stars. Uh, give us a one star. I'll send Bo out with his trusty baseball bat and come and find you. Have you ever seen Bo? Have you ever seen the, uh, the movie Jane Silent Bob, um, strike back? Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time, but I have yes, it's a long long time ago. Yeah, we'll we'll get a list of people for you, and you'll just fly around the country, and go and just hit them in the knee with the baseball bat. How's that? <laughs> let's let's do it. Why not? Sure thing. Good, good. It'll be fun for you. You get a little break from work. I mean, you're not gonna get paid during it unless you got PTO, but it'll be fine. Right, and not to pay for the plane tickets could be a problem, but you know, I'll, I'll figure something out. Yeah. Hey, we'll just find a online hacker to get us some ba- or some bank cards. We'll be fine. <laughs> now we're talking about illegal things on Forks Down. Really, should probably tag this one as not suitable for workplace. So, <laughs> oh, but let's hop into it. We got some uh, quick transaction notes, just some minor ones, but um, I don't know. I I kind of liked what. Uh, well, there's one major one, but I kind of like what happened this week. Um, let's start with the major one, Bo. Mariners acquired Gregory, Gregory Santos from the White Sox for Zach Deloche, Prelander Barroa, and a comp pick. Um, we discussed it a little bit. 
you know, we, we probably needed some some uh, relief help, you know, since uh, the relief uh, pitching was looking a little sparse. Um, we know that Jerry and company have turned the Mariners into a relief factory, so um, we weren't too worried. But, man, do I like this pickup. Um, what about you? Um, I like this pickup. Uh, Gregory Santos uh, coming from the White Sox. Um, I felt like uh, I don't feel like the Mariners are giving up too much here. Like uh, not to speak bad of Zach Deloach or Prelander Barroa, but um, <clears throat> I felt like the the value was defensive. I think the I I feel like the, probably the biggest hit to the Mariners was like that pickup pick, right? Because the Mariners have done pretty well recently with some of their picks. So like I think the pick is pretty valuable for the most part. So I thought that was the thing that probably hurt the most out of this, but uh, I mean, overall you're getting a guy that um, was kind of a breakout potential breakout candidate last year for the white Sox and the bullpen guy that has potential closer written all over him. Um, uh, and, you know, kind of electric fastball, um, very solid slider. If that sounds very familiar to you, that's the Mariners kind of go to, right? Um, and yeah, I think he just fits really well in with, uh, the back end of this bullpen and kind of mm-hmm. replacing the value that we have with Topa. Um, it makes sense that we just, uh, yeah, when I wanted to get a replacement for Topa and it seems like Santos fit the bill for it, you know, only 24 years old, going to be here for a couple of years, going to have him for a little while. So, um, pretty solid pickup, I think all around, um, especially for the value that we had for it. Yeah. And the comp pick does hurt. Because it's not just a draft pick, and everyone's like, oh, you can trade draft picks now. But it's always been the case. And the comp pick actually adds a little bit of bonus money into you know being able to sign some of the draft picks after we finish the draft. So, again, that's probably the biggest part. Um, I know you said in conversations with me over the week about this trade, because um, I was I was wondering, you know, what kind of hurts to lose Burrow, right? You, you mentioned if... The Mariners saw something he would have been up last year. And he did. He did have a little cup of coffee in the major leagues, but it wasn't really anything substantial. You know, this, you know, Santos, <laughs> just go look at his baseball savant page. It is, there's a lot of red on there. Red is good. There's a lot of red on there. He basically, he had a 100% barrel rate last season. Like, no one could barrel him up. So, that's good. And, you know, I think I saw someone had mentioned on, I think it was X, that um, Santos in like the first three games of the season gave up two home runs through his next 60 some odd appearances the rest of the season. He only allowed two. So, um, you know, he, he really became that lockdown kind of guy on a very bad team. Now he's coming to a pretty good team and, and is going to be a big part of the bullpen. I mean, I don't know about you, Bo, but here in. Santos, Munoz, Brash, like those top three. And then you add in a guy like Spire, you know, that's a filthy bullpen. That is an electric fastball, electric fastball, and then a nasty slider, you know, highlighting three pitches from three of those guys. Like that's what do you, what do you want at the end of the game? If you're the opponent? Yeah, no, that's uh it's shaping up to be a shaping up to be a very solid bullpen even to start the season and uh yeah gonna be pure gas and catching off speeds so um it's gonna be a lot of fun i think um and i think for uh it's just kind of amazing that um 
yeah, we talked about the rotation, but uh, you know, those three guys, those three big guys, Santos, Brash, and uh, Munoz, um, I think they're all under 26 years old, right? They're all young guys as well. In addition to that. So, um, you know, all bodes well for the youth on the Mariners side of things. And, uh, you know, I think as we get closer to the season, we might start asking questions about things like, you know, who are we going to have to close? Is, or do we trust Monterey Munoz and things like that? I think we have some pretty good options if that's not the case, right. Or if, you know, when they want to go closer by committee to maybe to start the season or something like that, um, we got a lot of good options and Gregory Santos definitely fits the bill for that. So, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, Prelander Baroa, Zach Deloach, do you have any other thoughts about those two guys? Um, I mean, I guess we say you talk a little bit about Baroa, but I guess Zach Deloach for me, um, it's kind of, I want to say a little bit of a lottery pick, but I think the White Sox might see what they have with him. But, uh, he was another one that, you know, he was in Tacoma for all the year for the whole year and he was hitting the ball really well. Um, and, yeah, if the Mariners kind of thought they had something with him, I thought that they would have probably called him up too, right? And it never really happened. So, yeah, hopefully they'll get a shot with the White Sox at some point. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of my thoughts there. What are your thoughts on the rest of the deal? Yeah, no, you kind of nailed it on the head. Uh, Zach Delosh should be in the running for maybe one of the corner outfield spots or at least a bench piece for the White Sox. So hopefully he'll get some playing time. Perlander, Baroa, I mean, has the stuff. And hopefully he, you know, can figure it out for the White Sox. But I, I do think the Mariners got the best part of this deal. Um, one thing to note, um, I don't know if you saw this, Bo, uh, with Gregory Santos, the only thing that's kind of an issue um, at the end of the season last season, um, he was having a little bit of an elbow in, uh, issue. Um, December 5th, um, CBS Sports uh, put out an article saying that uh, – White Sox general manager Chris Getz uh, said that he might not be ready for spring training. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I mean, we've been through this before with Munoz required a reliever and then he went and had TJ, but um, I'm hoping that the elbow issues just, you know, <laughs> aren't as serious as people are letting, letting on and, you know, we can get a season out of him before having to have TJ or, whatever, you know, hopefully, hopefully they subdue a little bit, but, um, I really like this Gregory Santos pick one last note too on him. Um, just because people were trying to, um, justify it. Uh, I think it was fan graphs, their war for relievers. He has the highest projected war 2024. So very good sign. Um, on that, you know, a lot of people like what he, uh, like the stuff he has. So, um, that's a good, good, solid pickup for the Mariners. Yeah, you just uh, you just blew my mind with some projection stuff there. I might have to just double click on like I don't I don't know how I missed that, but yeah, uh, no, all good stuff. And um, I think it's I think it makes sense. The Mariners, uh, when we talked about, I mean, you can go into the list of guys they still have, right? Carlos Vargas. Basilio Yovera, Ty Adcock, Eduardo Bazardo, Cody Bolton that they brought on, Joey Kreeble, Ty Buttery. There's a whole bunch of other relief arms that they brought on there as well. So, you know, even if somebody shut down for a little while, right, I think that this is a good a good top of the depth of chart piece, right? And if somebody, you know, misses a couple weeks, right, we have the pieces to back it up until they come back healthy too. So thought it was a smart deal all around. Yeah. And then a couple other uh, signings and 
uh, acquirees here through the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners signed Heath Hembree to a minor uh, minor league deal. Uh, he is a relief pitcher. I think last with Boston, or at least that's where I know him from. Um, and then the Mariners also signed uh, kind of a utility player, Nick Solak, to a minor league deal. Uh, was in the Mariners system last year at AAA. Um, a pretty solid depth piece, um, you know, in case, you know, a lot goes wrong at the second base position. Um, but uh, we'll probably start out in AAA. And then um, <clears throat> the last piece here, very, very minor deal, but uh, the Mariners acquired Samad Taylor from the Kansas City Royals for a player to be named later or cash. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Bo. Samad Taylor spent some time on the Royals last season and actually helped win a couple games, if I remember correctly. You know, was was using his legs to help win a couple games, stealing some bases. I I, I know his name sounds familiar. I just can't peg where he was, what his deal was last season. Uh, yeah, I think he, I think he, yeah, he had eight stolen bases and you know his limited game action that he was there. Um, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right there. I don't remember all the, the games that he played for the Royals there, but yeah, he was uh, pretty electric. I think when he was on the bases, I think overall he stole, I think fifty bases between, um, Triple A and the major leagues last year. So, uh, I would say honestly, like I felt like this was a little bit of a. Uh, uh, Jose Caballero replacement deal of some sort, right? Like guy that can move really fast and, you know, like very likely will start in Tacoma and, you know, barring some sort of injury or some kind of call up that we need, he kind of fills that role. So that's kind of what I, kind of what I looked at this as. So a little more depth through that uh, middle infield portion of the team. Yeah. I just looked it up. The, the reason I remind it reminded me or why I was trying to figure out where I pegged him from. Um, he does have a tops now card. It was a call-up tops now card. He's the second Royals player ever with a walk-off hit in Major League, his Major League debut. Who did he get that walk-off hit against, Bo? The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, I, you know, I kind, I think I now remember the game too. I think it was one their showway started and had a pretty good jam up until the seventh. They took him out, and I think the Royals came back and won that game. I think that's why that was significant. I think that was just another laugh out loud Mar- or Mariners laugh out loud angels moment. So LOL angels. So um, one other thing you noted here, Bill on our transaction notes, cause the Mariners did make that trade with the twins last week um, for uh, Jorge, Pol- Jorge, yeah, Jorge Polanco should have just called him George. George Polanco. <laughs> um, but the Mariners, I, um, from the rumors that are going around, stuff that we saw in trade rumors, we're asking about Max, Max Kepler in trade talks with the Twins. Um, do you think that was as current as last week, or do you think this was before the Mitch Hanniger trade, the Luke Rayleigh trade? Because, I mean, Max Kepler would slot in at a corner outfield spot, and while – People might think we're thin. I feel like we've got a lot of, a lot of depth on our quarter outfield spots. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, right? Um, I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I have to feel like you know you're in trade talks, right? You got at least you gotta try to go, so go down all avenues, right? Um, mm-hmm. At least see what's doable, and before you close the book on something, or before you decide to only go down one path, right? 
Um, so, and I, I, I think the Mariners would just kind of figure it out if they decided to do it. But yeah, this signaled to me that, um, you know, even despite the depth that they have, right, like they are still interested in trying to get better there, right? And sure, it might have been like, uh, you know, Jorge was the primary guy they wanted. And it was like, you know, if they could fig- figure something out and finagle something to, to move guys around to get um, Max Kepler, then great. But uh, yeah, it didn't really seem that way. But I think it, I think it speaks to me that like there's still a little bit of questions around the corner outfield spots right and uh you know we're gonna go over the state of the roster today but if you go to the state if you go to the projected you know roster resource right now is luke Rayleigh and mitch hanniger are batting seventh eighth in the lineup right now so they might be the starters but i think you could think you could definitely have a potential upgrade there right if you really wanted one so um I think it makes sense. Right. I think it's, I think it's good that they are at least thinking about some of that. And, you know, if this team is in it, um, you know, come the trade deadline, I would certainly look like, you know, the corner outfield might be a spot that they could be certain thinking about upgrade, you know, given what seems like their interest in doing it now in some sort of capacity. So. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, like you said, we're going to get into the state of the roster and uh, I was just looking at the roster as you were talking and uh, one thing caught my eye. So we'll kind of circle back around to that. Um, before we get into that, just one more little couple more off season notes here. Uh, Corbin Burns, uh, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, well, former Milwaukee Brewers pitcher now was traded to the Baltimore Orioles for a couple of prospects. One of which was DL Hall, a lefty that was top 10 uh, prospect for the Orioles. Um, that's a big move for the Orioles. And, um, you know, I don't think we did them when we were talking about our um, teams to watch out for in 2024, you know, our, our couple week series where we were going over um, people that we were going to see in our division, but also uh, could see in the wild card. Um, a trade like that just makes the Orioles better. Corbin Burns, is a great pitcher. Um, you know, we, we talk about George Kirby's um, control and, you know, lack of walks and Corbin Burns has got another, is it kind of another guy that really uh, can put the ball where he wants to. Um, I, I just think that this just makes the Baltimore Orioles that more dangerous this season. Yeah. And, uh, when we cover, we did cover him. Um, oh, we, we? We, we, we mentioned, yeah. I mean, the thing that stuck out to us, right. was like, um, they, they, the pitching, like the, the offense is going to be good and it has a chance to be really good. has a chance to take another big step forward this year, but like, uh, you know, outside of, uh, Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez starts to get a little thin in the pitching side of things. And they could desperately use, a a top of the top of the you know rotation starter and they did the most predictable thing and they got the best guy that was out there. So um, this all, but makes them, you know, that much better. Um, yeah. You're, you're right on the money, right? Any sort of talk that we have with uh, you know, we're going to do our power rankings eventually, right? We kind of keep beating around them until more guys <laughs> eventually sign. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, this, uh, um, this is, this is a super interesting move to kind of see where the Orioles might end up playing out now, because I think you couple that with, uh, with a very solid offense, that's going to in all likelihood going to get better when Jackson holiday and a couple other guys start to come on a little bit more. 
Um, it's starting to look like a pretty dangerous team. Um, I think especially as you maybe enter the end of the season, I think the Orioles could be, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of reviewed them and thought that they might be, you know, more of a wildcard contender. But at this point, I think they are certainly a top of the AL East contender like they were at the end of the last year. Yeah. And the other news for the Baltimore Orioles and especially our fans is the ownership group headed by the Angelo family. Um, they're selling and I've saw nothing but praise for that. So, um, you know, the must be uh, nice. Must be nice. <laughs> Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I also saw a couple people saying, why couldn't the Mariners make a trade for Corbin Burke? If, if that was all they were giving up, you know, was DL Hall and whether prospect, it's like, why do we don't need a Corbin Burns? <laughs> I mean, our pitching depth or our pitching rotation is amazing. You know, I just don't it's... feel like we need him when we're going to have to in a couple of years, extend Kirby and, potentially gilbert so it's one year of corbin burns one year i mean come on come on but yeah that's steep price for one year of him might as well if we wanted one year someone we could have got juan soto so that's right yeah (laughs) um one other note here before we move on bobby witt jr kansas city royals phenom extended today um it it was just announced literally uh, we're shooting about 10 o'clock my time. So I think it happened about five o'clock on Monday, um, maybe a little bit earlier, but he was extended 11 years, $288 million. Uh, I'm happy for the Royals that, you know, that they have a, a cornerstone to their, uh, their club. Um, you know, it's, it's cool seeing Bobby Wood Jr. going to be probably a Kansas city Royal for probably a decade. Mariners have Julio, who's going to be with the team hopefully a decade. You know, Corbin Carroll for the Arizona Diamondbacks, going to be with the uh, Diamondbacks for over a decade. Um, so it's just cool seeing all these young guys getting these uh, big deals. And, and uh, you know, I almost said something about Wander Franco, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to be there anymore. So... <laughs> Couldn't yeah. fit in a fourteen-year-old joke there, so. But yeah, no, it, this is uh, yeah, very. I feel like it's a very Julio-esque deal that I think he signed. I don't know if there's all sort of the same kind of levers and you know the incentives that I think Julio has in it, but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's probably good for baseball, right? That you know a top-tier star is going to stay with a small market team um, like the Royals. So uh, yeah, all good around. Yep. Oh, I, I just figured out a joke, Bo. Wander's going to be with the Rays penal league team for 14 years or more. So does that work? <laughs> I gave a comforting thought about Bobby Wood Jr. and small market teams, and you just blew right past it for your dumb joke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> to sound completely stupid on air. That's what I want. So. <laughs> Let's hop into it, Bo. Let's hop into state of the roster. Um, you know, after I, I, I certainly don't think the Mariners could be done, but I think we're looking at a pretty, uh, pretty solid minus maybe a couple minor additions um, roster. Uh, one thing you you posted the rosters here on our sheet that we 
have every week so we you know go over our talking points and i'm looking at the offensive um roster you have you know the lineup jp crawford julio rodriguez you got jorge polanco hitting out of the three hole which is a little weird but okay uh mitch garver cal raleigh ty france luke rayleigh mitch hanniger uh josh rojas that's who they projected to start but our bench is what kind of gets me we got sebi zavala as the backup catcher which maybe isn't surprising luis urias not starting. That's that's weird to me. Dylan Moore is a utility player. And then instead of Dominic Canzone, who um you know I thought would split some time with Mitch Hanniger, we got a Taylor Trammell sighting here. Um I I, yeah, I think this is all T B D at this point. I mean it's this roster resource it's roster resource and it's projecting against right handed right handed batters, right handed right handed right handed pitchers, right versus right handed pitchers. So that's why Josh Rojas is Listed there, right? Because they're expecting a platoon now between uh, you know, Urias and Rojas there, um, okay. which I think is, which I think is expected, right? Jorge Polanco would be expected to, I think, be an everyday second baseman, and um, you know, the two of them between Urias and Rojas make a pretty, you know, a understandable platoon there between the two of them. So, I think that's probably why it's listed that way. Um, but yeah, the rest of the roster, I think it, I think it all makes sense. I think, yeah, Taylor Trammell is the, is the one hang up on this, right? It kind of seems like the last guy, the last bench spot is up for grabs. It seems like more or less. Um, and I think the thing with Taylor Trammell is that he is, he is out of options, right? So I, uh, I wonder if um, they kind of give him one last ride and, you know, if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. That kind of, that's kind of where I'm feeling at. They might be with Taylor Trammell, but yeah, I wouldn't take the the roster resources like the the whatever the you know close the book. This is the roster at this point, right? I, I would imagine that that last kind of spot will be up in the air for the most part for um, you know the people that aren't on this list, right? There's a couple guys that just you know Mariners we saw last year. Cade Marlowe's not you know on this projected 26 man roster. Uh, Sam Haggerty's not on this 26 projected man roster, so. Um, you know, Dylan Moore, I think definitively has a spot. Luis Urias, I think obviously has a spot. And then Sebi Zawa, um, has a spot and maybe, maybe not quite as strong. Like Blake Hunt might be in the contention, but I think Sebi is, you know, very solidly a backup catcher right now. So yeah, I think in this, for the state of the way this offense looks, I think that last kind of 26 man or, you know, what's the count on this 13, you know, those four bench spots, I think that last bench spot is up to, a number of guys. And I think it's going to be going into spring training, which is only what 10 days out at this point is going to be a pretty good question and a good competition for a number of guys. Um, I think for, you know, coming out of spring training. Oh yeah. Yeah. And one of the questions you posed here, Bo, and just looking at it from the offensive side, and we'll move on to the pitching side uh, in a second. Uh, but, but one of the questions you're posing here is, are we better than we were at at the end of 2023? So, you know, we just went over the whole roster resource. You know, again, we're missing guys on there like Dominic Canzone, the Sam Haggerty's, the stuff like that. But you take this and then you take the guys that we're on at the end of 2023. You know, Tom Murphy, Teoscar Hernandez, Mike Ford, Jared Kelnick, Gino Suarez, Jose Caballero. Um, do you feel like the Mariners have gotten better um, since the end of last season? Hmm. This is the this is the, this is the question, isn't it? Um, yeah. I uh, 
I am kind of under the belief that I think we've, I think the team has gone laterally. Like, I don't know. I, I can't really, I can't really definitively say, and you, you're welcome to, to fight me on this, that I think the team is absolutely better. Right. If I could maybe say they're incrementally better, I, I could probably get, I could probably get there, but like, I don't know if it's, you know, you know, rock solid this team is absolutely better than what it was at 2023 right the team still won 88 games last year and i think this team now could win 88 games um i think they're probably in the same mold in terms of like total value wise but i don't know if they are you know leaps and bounds or you know definitively better than what the team was at the end of last year so um that's kind of my take on it but what's your perspective on it what do you think I think if you look at it, if you if you break it down by position, I I think you know you could say in certain parts they're better. You know the Mariners' second base um, position is a lot better looking this season than it was last season. At, at the end of last season, you know we had high hopes for uh, Colton Wong and he just didn't pan out. But um, you know at the end of the second uh, of twenty twenty three, second base was pretty much an abatross. You know who. Who's going to play there? Jose Caballero didn't do well. Um, Dylan Moore wasn't doing well. You know, those guys were supposed to be platooning. It just didn't work out. Um, you know, Sam Haggerty had a little time there and it just, you know, we needed someone that was going to solid, uh, solidify the position. Jorge Polanco does that. Can he stay healthy? I hope so. You take another position like DH. We had Mike Ford sitting at DH. Not great. I mean, he was serviceable, but I mean, there's a reason the Mariners were bottom of the league out of DH production. You know, we go out, we sign Mitch Hanniger. That's an upgrade. Can he stay healthy? We'll see, you know, um, but there are also positions that we probably got worse at. Do I want to trade a Tay Oscar Hernandez for a Mitch Hanniger at this point? Eh, probably not. You know, Mitch Hanniger has had the injury issues. He, you know, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy basically his whole career. And, um, you know, Tay Oscar for this, you know, after the slow start he had by the end of 2023 was, was, you know, a big part of the Mariners offense. So, um, you know, I, I think if you take it and break it down by position, you know, obviously it's a push with the guys that stayed the same, the JP Crawford, same position. It's a push Julio Rodriguez, obviously a push, but you know, our, our positions that, that got filled or we had trouble with last year, um, you know, got filled while we kind of lost some other, you know, positions that were a little bit better last season. So, yeah, yeah, and I think you brought up the injury history, right? You talk, you talk a little bit about that, and I think that's probably where I'm getting a little hung hung up at, right? Uh, I look at like Luis Urias, 52 games in 2023. Mitch Hanniger, 61 games in 2023. Jorge Polanco, 80 games in 2023. Mitch Garver, 87 games in 2023. Um, that's probably where I have the most concern. And I, I it's weird because I, I want to say, like, if this team is fully healthy, right, and it's healthy for whatever, 150 games, and <clears throat> yeah, you get that you get that number of games out of Jorge Polanco, Mitch Hanniger, and uh, Mitch Garver, right? Like, I think this team probably is better. Um, but I, I don't know if you can really count on that right now. So you're counting on some of your, some of your bench to come through. Right. So, 
Um, which I would say, right. If we're talking about the roster itself, I feel like we do have, we do have some relatively, I think good pieces like available to us, right. Dominic Canzone is there, right. You talked about, we'll eventually probably see Ryan bliss at some point. Um, so like there are a couple of pieces that exist out there that might be able to help fill in some gaps if the team is healthy. Um, but yeah, overall, I think there's still some question marks, I think coming into, coming into the spring training and hopefully everybody stays healthy as we, you know, start this, start this adventure here next week sometime. But, um, I think they are, I think they're modestly better, incrementally, potentially better with, um, you know, the potential to be really good, but also the potential to, you know, have some major pitfalls throughout the season if injuries go wrong. What's that term? The, The Mariners right now have a couple of glass cannons. Yeah. Or if they're on, they're on, but if they're hurt, then That's not, right. not good. Not good. You know, the Mitch Hanegers, the Mitch Garvers, the Polancos, the Uriuses. You know, hopefully we can get hundred plus games out of each of those guys. Um, you know, I'm hoping Scott Service is smart about it and you know, rest, you know, like Mitch maybe every couple days just to you know, we'd want his production, but make sure he's resting. Um Maybe use that DH spot a little bit more, um, you know, and, and maybe give Garver a day off and put Mitch at the DH spot. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it just – it's scary looking at the injury, um, you know, the history of all these guys. So uh, one other uh, question I have offensively here because I saw you noted it. Um, are there any A.J. Pollock or Colton Wong size question marks right now? Uh, you know, factoring, let's take out the injury factor. You know, you know, you look at the, the starting lineup. Is there any question marks like we did with Wong and Pollock? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, comparing it to Pollock and, uh, Wong is tough just because I wouldn't wash. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't wish that anybody was that bad, unfortunately. Um, there might be some question marks with uh, Luis Urias. I think there's, I think there's some, I think there are some question marks there. I don't know if the batted ball profile is, is, is as good as maybe it'll play in T-Mobile park. So I would say that there's, there's some definite question marks there. And just given the fact that he did it, you know, battle through injury last year, I would say that there's yeah, some question marks there. So I think it's good that he's probably going to be in a platoon with Josh Rojas. Um, but again, a guy that also has a bunch of potential, right? Like, if he gets healthy and his swing looks good, he's able to put the ball um, and play a lot. I think he's got, I think he's got a good chance, but I would say that, uh, you know, maybe outside of that, um, <clears throat> I would say Mitch Garber is a better option at DH than what AJ Pollock was going to give us. Right. So I think that's certainly an upgrade of there, but I don't see a lot of major pitfalls, right? Maybe when we do our, you know, we'll cut, we're, we're going to do our, you know, what if it all goes wrong episode, there might be more there than, Maybe I'm thinking of right now, but um, yeah, there's maybe one or two, maybe landmines there that could potentially go off. Um, but yeah, nothing else is majorly sticking out to me right now. But what about you? Is there, you see anybody on here that um, you know has those question marks like we did last year with maybe Pollock and Wong? I don't feel like I see any question marks like in that sense. I guess the only problem I have, you talk about landmines that could go off the problem I have with looking at, you know, what's projected to be the, the roster, whatever is we have 
three DHs playing in one lineup. You know, what I mean by that is Mitch Garver's going to primarily be the DH, but Luke Rayleigh spent a lot of time at DH for the Rays last season. Um, I think he does have an arm, but isn't great defensively. And of course, Mitch Hanniger probably could use more time at DH. That's the only hangup I have, really. You know, you're, you're playing three DHs, so you're, you're sacrificing a, a lot defensively and, and more risk for injury, um, you know, by only being able to play one of those guys at DH every day. But um, yeah, that's kind of the only question mark I have. I guess you could say the other one I have is what, what Ty France are we getting this season? You know, we're going to get first half 2021. Ty France, All-Star, you know, 2021 Ty France. Um, or are we going to get, um, you know, the 2022 Ty France that kind of didn't live up to expectations? Um, I certainly don't think he's going to be a a cut candidate or anything. Um, and, and we saw what Driveline did for J.P. Crawford last season. Um, so, you know, it certainly could be that a, he's a bounce-back candidate and, you know, potentially – is a fringe all-star, but uh, I just kind of wonder what's happening there. One other thing that I saw, Bo, did you know that Taylor Trammell is going to driveline too? From what I saw, he's going too. I, I didn't see I did not see that. No, that's good. Good yeah. to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe roster research knows something more than we do. And Taylor Trammell is not that big of a question mark is that last bench spot. So, yeah. No, yeah, that's uh, you know, super good call out. I think the I think the defense probably hasn't been brought up as much this year, right? As much as this off season. Um, I think the Mariners prioritized offense, rightly so. But uh, I think it's I think it's a really good call out. I think that uh, we might be missing a little something, obviously, with uh, Eugenio, and I think we might be you know asking maybe a little bit more of Julio in center field as well. So um, I think maybe the state of the defense is is. I, I, w- I want to say probably a little less than maybe what it was last year. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, Perry Hill and the rest of the team can, you know, work on the, uh, work on the infield a little bit. And um, in, in Perry Hill, we trust. That's right. That's right. So, you know, he can almost get a gold glove for Gino and, you know, during the COVID season, Evan White and JP Crawford got gold gloves. So, um, I believe at least in the infield defense, the outfield defense, a little sus. So um, let's move on to the pitching bow. Um, uh, this is again, roster resource, how they have us pegged. Uh starters one through five, obviously La Pedra, Luis Castillo as our number one, Luis Gilbert, Luis Gilbert, Logan Gilbert, too many L's Logan Gilbert pitching out of the second one spot, George Kirby, number three, Bryce Miller, number four, Brian Wood, number five. And then the bullpen, they have Andres Munoz closing. Um, setups, one and two, Matt Brash and Gregory Santos. Um, they got two lefties in the pen here, and Gabe Spire and Taylor Saucedo, both kind of middle inning guys, along with Trent Thornton. And then Jackson Kowar and Austin Voth as our bullpen. Um Again, Bo, we're going to pose the same question here. Are we better than we were at the end of 2023? The guys that we got rid of, obviously, you, you just realize, you know, the guys like Santos and Kowar and Varoth are all new guys, but the guys we got rid of, the Dominic Leone, 
Marco Gonzalez, Isaiah Campbell, Robbie Ray. Um, you can, I guess, peg Perlander Barola in there. But um, are we better now than we were at the end of 2023, pitching-wise? Um, well, I think, you know, the rotation, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt in that one. Um, yeah, it's uh, – do we think Austin Voth is better than – you know, I think before I thought Anthony Escafani was a better option than, uh, than Marco Gonzalez, right? And then, you know, obviously Escafani had his uh, – cup of tea here with the Mariners um, that moved on. Do I think Austin Voth, Austin Voth might be a better option than what we might get him our, um, our, what we might've gotten out of Marco Gonzalez. So maybe a, maybe a minor update there. Um, and then we're kind of going down the path of, you know, Gregory Santos over Topa. You know, I, I think it might be somewhat of a, you know, similar value there for the most part. Maybe we get a little bit more out of Gregory Santos. So um I think it's I think it's probably just another wash with the with the pitching staff, right? Uh, I don't you know the the rotation didn't change at all, um, and you know the the bullpen I think value wise pretty much stays the same. If I if there is a spot that we're kind of looking at the roster right now where I think that the Mariners still might go fill a hole, um, I I kind of think it might be some sort of swingman still, right? Like they did get Austin Voth for that purpose, I think, to try to you know start a couple games and still go come in relief in that similar role that I think they had planned for Marco Gonzalez and Anthony Escafani. But if I think there's still a spot where they, maybe they can go pick out a, a free agent arm or on a minor league deal of some sort, I do think it's probably, probably in that, in that role somewhere, I think of like a, you know, a swing man, six man, um, it's very Tommy Malone esque, right. Where they're able to call him up and, you know, get a, get a couple starts out of him. I think that's still a spot that they might look to look to go acquire somebody or pick up somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll pose the same question to me. Do I think we're better at the end of 2023? I'm going to say yes, simply because a lot of these guys now have a year under their belt, you know, especially on that starting staff with Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, they've got a, a you know, a cup of coffee up on the major league roster now they get a they get to get better. You know, Bryce Miller's been working on I think it was a splitter, correct? Uh yes. Sorry, that sounds right. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yep. So, you know, he's working on new pitches. Brian Wu, obviously. You know, that that was kind of the question mark we had at the end of the season is like, are these guys gonna develop some secondary pitches? You know, they they need something that's just not a fastball. So um, these guys are working on on secondary pitches, so I think that's going to help. That makes them better in the long run this season. Obviously, Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and 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 Logan Gilbert are going to be one, two, three, and and again, that, that's how roster resource has them. But I, I think any of those guys could be a one, a two, and a three. Like you know, they're pretty interchangeable there. So I think we're getting some more value out of those guys. I think George Kirby probably takes the next step and becomes the number one towards the end of the season. Um, again, we'll probably cover some of, something like that on our predictions episode. Um, but, you know, George Kirby's forever going to be my boy in the pitching staff. Um, and then um, I do think we did get better in the bullpen with the addition of Gregory Santos. I do think he's probably a little bit better. You said maybe similar value-wise to Topa. I think he is a little bit better. Um you know, just hopefully he doesn't have those elbow issues. Um, 
you know, and and honestly, it comes down to you in the bullpen. Can these guys um, improve on what we saw in 2023? You know, Munoz needs to show that he's a closer. You know, he needs to come in and, and be that guy. And um, I know he won, what was it, in August, won a reliever the month award, which we were just all dumbfounded at. But um, he needs to be more consistent. Brash needs to, um, you know, come in and especially the first half of the season because the first half of last season uh, was a little dicey, but he needs to work on his control. And, you know, he's got a one of the filthiest sliders in the league. He just needs to control it. And then guys like Gabe Spire, Trent Thornton, Taylor Saucedo, all three guys that we saw last season, they just need to continue and improve. You know, I think Gabe Spire is probably the best of that bunch. Um, you know, if, if we're going through a one through four in the bullpen situation, I definitely think Gabe Spire is like the quote-unquote number four. Whereas Taylor Saucedo is kind of more of a specialist. Plus he's a lefty, you know, they're both lefties. So it's kind of nice having a couple lefties in that pin when we don't have even a lefty starting pitcher. But um, yeah, I do, you know, just to sum that all up though, I do think they are better this season than they were last season. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm there with you. Like, I'm saying I'm hedging it and saying incrementally. I'm not. I'm not going so far as to say like this team's going to go, you know, win 95 games and be that much better than what they were last year. I think they have the potential to do that if people stay healthy and um, they're in a really good position to go, um, you know, financially and also if they still have some of their top prospects. If they go want to go get a big bat at the trade deadline, like they're in a really good spot to do that. Uh, I just think on paper right now, as it stands, I think this team is is incrementally better than than where they were at the end of 2023. So there you go. I'm I'm sure you know if certain fans listen to us saying this, I'm sure we would be, uh, you know, strung out for that comment because uh, I know there's a lot of doomers that think we didn't get better, and you know. Even months after it was commented, you know, I'm still hearing the 54% um, comments every every post that I see. But um, yeah, incrementally, we are better. Certainly, certainly should be able to get to 88 wins. Hopefully, can get to 90 plus wins. But um, you know, we'll see. We'll see with what we can get out. You know, it, it really depends on if people can stay healthy. So. Um, I guess to wrap this up, Bo, and and some of the last couple questions I have is, uh, you know, what else should be done? This is the current state of the roster. If spring training started tomorrow, this is probably what we're looking at coming out of spring training. Um, What else can be done to improve this? Do you think anything does get done? You know, like I kind of said at the top of talking about this, I I don't think outside of some minor moves there could be any more um, big moves made. And this could be what we're looking at, you know, come um, opening day. But uh, what, what do you think? Three words, Tommy La Stella. Um, no, I, uh, I don't. Yeah. I think okay, we're, uh, we're quitting out of this. You just, uh, you ruined it. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, uh, 
I think we're, I think we're, I think we're at a very good point. The fact that we're not thinking about signing Tommy Mustilla, I think is actually a good point in our favor that I think the team has, I think Jerry and team have done a good job. They were creative this season, this off season to like get the team into a good point where the bench looks pretty solid right now. There's a couple spots. Like I think they've done a really good job at, at being exactly that. What we kind of thought coming into the off season, right? Being creative, getting this team into a point where they're, um, you know, you kind of, you get better with some of the swing and miss stuff and you can cut out some of the, you know, negative values that you have and you're able to kind of replenish, you know, some of that with some more positive guys that are going to help you kind of, I think, start the season and hopefully get the rest throughout the rest of the season. So I think they've done a really good job of kind of filling those holes. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we said earlier, I think probably like some sort of sixth starter type of sort, right. That they kind of have filling in that Tacoma doing some, doing some time down there, like a Tommy Malone esque, right. I feel like that's still probably a move that they probably need to make at some point. Right. Um, just get a little bit more depth uh, just to have somebody there in case of, you know, Emerson Hancock can't quite fill that role or Austin Voth has some struggles. Right. And Darren, you don't, you know, you don't always want to rely on Darren McCacken. Right. I feel like they get, that's probably another smaller move that they can make. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I, I kind of think that's it. I mean, uh, barring, barring a signing of like Chapman or Bellinger, right. Like uh, they would, you know, that would really help the team, but that's not realistic in the slightest. So, um, I kind of feel like they're done maybe outside of, uh, you know, a couple minor league deals with, um, a couple other guys, maybe on the starter side of things. I think that's, I think that's gonna, you know, make the roster better right now. And I think that's kind of all they really have left in them. But, uh, what about you? Do you see anything else kind of coming down the pipe? Not really. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see Bellinger come in, um, and, and be kind of the big bat that the Mariners need. But, um, yeah, I think this is what we're looking at for opening day. You know, we'll see how spring training plays out. You know, one of one or two of those uh, relievers that Jerry signed on minor league deals, um, you know, could could surprise us and get a start on the major league roster to start the season. But um, yeah, I don't think we're gonna see any more big name free agents come across, which you know um, could, depending on where they go, hurt or hinder us because you know the AL. Um, you know, might feel a little bit more winnable this year, especially with like guys like Shoei going to the NL and stuff. But um, you know, someone like the Orioles getting Corbin Burns, um, very much feel like they they did more this off season to kind of bolster their roster. You know, so it's a uh, it's gonna be a very very wild, I think, season. You know, I I do think that the AL West is going to be a little bit more open than, than normal with, you know, Texas, obviously, yeah, I would say remaining stagnant, I guess I, I, you know, if they recite Montgomery, then maybe, maybe they're a little bit better than last year, but um, you know, a lot of the same from them. Angels obviously got worse. Houston's just getting older. You know, we mentioned that on previous episodes. So, uh, I think there's still a chance that the Mariners can um, sit there and win the uh, the AL West and and hopefully secure a playoff spot and can make a deep run. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement with you there. So uh, um, I think the AL just definitely the AL in general just feels more open than years past. And would we do our 
power rankings, I think that'll be reflected in that. I think there's going to be a lot of volatility and guys, you know, teams can go in a lot of different places there. So, um, yeah, the Mariners are right in the thick of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bo, that is our show for the day. Um, you got anything else before we, uh, wrap up and get out of here? I do. All right. Are you ready for this? Okay. Uh, Rick Clark, the Seattle Mariners have had a different second baseman starting for how many years in a row now? Oh, so we're going back to trivia here. Oof. The last consistent one was Robbie Cano and his last season was 18, 19. I'm going to say four years. You're very close. It was a five. The, the answer is five years. Yes. Yeah. Col- Colton Wong in 2023. Adam Frazier in 2022. Yep. Uh, Dylan Moore in 2021. Okay. Shed Long in 2020. Shed Long. And D. Strange Gordon in 2019. So five years. D. Gordon, man, I could I could talk about each one of those guys. Let's say one good thing about him. D. Gordon, awesome home run after for Jose Fernandez passed away. Is he shed long? Had one grand slam for the Mariners in his tenure here. So that's you know it was exciting for one day with him. Dylan Moore can play everywhere, I, I, I guess. I can't say anything good about Colt Wong. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm missing one. Who? Oh, Adam Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. Uh, big ups in the wild card round against the Blue Jays. Very, very big ups, yes. Very big ups, so, yes. So, big reason we came back in that game. Had a couple clutch hits. But Colton Wong, sorry, buddy. You were, you were fine with the Brewers. So, not with the Mariners. <laughs> And you somehow made the Dodgers playoff roster, which was the more shocking part of last season. It wasn't that you didn't do well in a Mariners uniform. It was shocking that you ended up in the playoffs with the Dodgers on their roster. <laughs> Never would have guessed that start of the season. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah. So, well, that's a fun trivia question that, that, okay. Bring more of those bow with you next time. Thumbs up. <laughs> for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week. Brother. <laughs> <laughs>